I had a friend who recently got a billboard in Times Square. And it was right around the time that British Vogue cover came out, right? And I was like, man, like, I ain't got no billboard. <laughs> I've never had a billboard, man. Like, I got work to do, you know? From Cheese the House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and this week our guest is the very incredible Reggie Cunningham. He's a portrait and event photographer who has been surrounded by creativity basically his entire life and decided maybe his calling was in the realm of something else like engineering and then realized that being an artist is definitely his dream and came right back. Uh, his photography work has been featured in the Washington Post, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, has been on the cover of British Vogue magazine and has been found within Ebony magazine as well. He has so much wisdom to share and I think that you all will really enjoy his humbleness and down to earth personality because I know I definitely did. So let's get into it. Excited to be back for another week of the podcast. This week, our guest is Reginald Cunningham. He is a portrait photographer, event photographer, music photographer, all sorts of categories. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you today. I want to start with you know your passion for photography. From what I got from your portfolio and from your website was really instilled by your mother, um, who was a photographer for 30 years. So in what ways, when you were growing up, did your mother share her love for photography to you? Well, I, I think it's important to say that the reason that she even started doing photography was because she was a single mom, um, you know, struggling to make ends meet like so many single moms across the United States do, and had a friend that uh, said that he would teach her photography and he, she could come work for him and help him out with this photography uh, as a way of making extra money to help support the family, right? And so I grew up around photography for most of my life. And I was always surrounded by photography in other ways and just didn't know it. So growing up, my mom did the the, she did a lot of weddings, school pictures, portraiture. Alongside of seeing her actively doing photography, I was also just surrounded by it because she had all of the photo albums for the family. And those were always just right there on the bookshelf. And I grew up thinking that that was normal, right? That everybody at everybody's house, they at any given time could pull out 15 photo albums and show you the entire history of their family. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't realize it until I, I got older that that actually just wasn't the case. And that's actually not normal. We grew up with photo out al- or photo books. Um, on our coffee table right next to the Essence and the Ebony magazines and all of that, the Black Enterprise and all of that. And growing up, I also realized that with those magazines always being around, um, I always had an affinity for the visual. So I would always flip through those magazines just to look at the pretty pictures, right? I always tell people I picked it up by osmosis <laughs> and, <laughs> and my mom um, through things that were very intentional and unintentional was the person who really instilled that into me. You said that like your photo books were always on your coffee table and you know you were surrounded by photography Mm -hmm. really in all parts of your life so did you decide pretty early on that you were going to pursue photography as a career or did you Mm -hmm. kind of work your way into that thought process? I 
I took the most circuitous route <laughs> to being a photographer that one probably could take. I had no idea that I was going to be a photographer when I was little. If you had asked me when I was little, I probably would have told you I wanted to be like a marine biologist or a firefighter. <laughs> me too. Um, and then in high school, you know, I did ROTC in high school and my goal was to go into the military and go into the space program. And so that was my goal. And I initially went away to undergrad um, here in D.C. Uh, at Howard University with an ROTC scholarship for electrical engineering. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I was, I was serious about <laughs> this path. And I started doing engineering and realized that I really didn't like it <laughs> at all. Um, and so I actually dropped out of school. Um, I moved back home. I worked for a couple of years and I eventually went back to school. And when I went back to school, I went to school for journalism, uh, but I didn't want to be a writer. <laughs> um, I wanted to work in PR. But when, uh, you know, again, all my life, I've been surrounded by photography. So when I was at undergrad, I would often use my camera to shoot the football games and the basketball games for the school paper. I graduated with that. I worked for the Rams for the, at the time, St. Louis Rams for about eight seasons in their communications department and learned a lot. My goal eventually was to run a communications department for a major sports team. And I, because I had lived in DC before, I had always wanted to move back. And so in 2016, I actually took the opportunity to move back to the DC area. Uh, and I figured, you know, in that time I had gotten my undergrad in journalism. I got two grad degrees in PR and design. I was like, I'm going to move to DC and get a job making six figures yep. um, and it's about to be on and popping and <laughs> everything is going to get get my place. Yeah, finding that job didn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta, worked a couple places, worked at a couple nonprofits, um, doing good work, but the, the money just was not great. Finally, at one of them, I went through a round of layoffs. During all this time, I started doing photography just as a side hustle uh, to supplement my income. And Done. I had done a couple of events um, and Brittany came to me and said, well, maybe the reason that you can't find a good job is because photography is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, I, I had thought about that, but I just didn't want to dive right into being an entrepreneur. I wanted to kind of like put my toe in the water and ease my way in. And so I, that day I said a prayer. I said, you know, God, if, if we're going to do this, then it's got to, it's got to pop. It's got to take off. And literally within a couple of hours, I had been contacted by Planned Parenthood and Teach for America and a whole bunch, about four or five other people about doing photography for them. And I, I've been doing it full time since then. And uh, in that time I've started doing uh, music photography. I've started doing a lot of concerts and things like that. So very circuitous and yeah. <laughs> over the river and through the woods. So your style of photography, I love it. It's really realistically portrayed. You know, nothing looks too polished. They're just so personal. And I feel like I know the person's character by looking at your pictures. I mean, they look so genuinely themselves in the photos. How long did it take you to kind of find your style of photography? I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, I think I think like your your style is always I think of like your style with photography kind of like how your your style with your clothing and how you dress right yeah. um, at, at any given time you're like I really like how this looks but you're always keeping an eye out for you know the oh those new Jordans are coming out and how am I going to style the, you know you're kind of doing yeah. that all the time and it's the same with photography um, as I go through my career and as I learn different editing techniques, as my perspective on the world changes, mm -hmm. um, as I consume other people's art, 
um, that kind of pours into how my style evolves. So I don't really think that you ever reach a final destination with what your style is. I think that what you described is spot on for what I've always strived to do with my style. You know, I'm, I'm still on that journey, still finding out what it is. And I think that it'll always change. Um, I think that more than anything, I inspire to give a certain feeling from my photos. And as long as my style fits within giving that feeling, then then that's, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm in my in my bag, as, as the young kids say. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a young growing professional, whether they are into photography or film or really any of the creative facets, what advice would you give them if they're very narrow in that sense? Like I need to figure out what I'm known for, what my look is. Clearly, you know, you're still learning and you've been doing this for a while. First and foremost, I would say to find and consume the style of art that you really love. So for instance, that could be scrolling content on Instagram and following the right people. That could be watching movies you know, and from your favorite directors, it could be any number of things. For myself, I was very intentional about starting to follow other photographers who did things in their style and and photos that I liked and maybe wanted to emulate in my own way. So one big one for me was uh, Joshua Kissy. And he has this style where uh, the colors are super rich and there tends to be a lot of like contrast and shadow work to his photography. And I was, I just really loved that. Um, and so that is something that I tried to emulate on my own. And in doing that, arrived at a certain style that I was happy with. Because, you know, I don't want to put something out that looks just like his because he's already got that that lane filled, right? Um, I would say find those artists that, that are doing styles and things that you really enjoy. I would also say keep shooting, right? Put your blinders on and just keep shooting. Uh, because as you shoot more, you're going to learn more, right? Yeah. You'll look at other people's work and be like, oh my God, my work is crap. I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? Um, and, and I've looked at some photos that have made me feel that way before that have made me feel like, oh my God, like I got a long way to go, you know? And it's crazy because if you talk to some of those photographers, they'll look at your work and think the same thing. It's a world of comparisons out there. So I want to go back a little bit to your entrepreneurial spirit because I know that you've also created your own brand Mm. um, called Be Pure Black. And I think you might be wearing the I am. <laughs> That's the one I was about to say. I love that logo yeah. design. When I popped up on camera, I was like, I think you might be wearing the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so through um, talking to some successful industry leaders like yourself, I've noticed a decent handful of creative people starting their own brands or companies sure. work on alongside them shooting or filming or whatever it may be. Do you think there's becoming some growing importance of this dual work or like what inspired you to make your brand? Um, I think I fell into it, to be honest. Um, I grew up loving graphic tees. Any of my friends will tell you, like I've got two and a half drawers full in my bedroom of just Mm t-shirts and you know, I just wanted to create something really cool, right? I, you know, for myself, I wasn't even thinking about starting a clothing line or brand or any of those things. I just kind of wanted to put it out there. And I came with this design in like May or June of that year. And then I just sat on it because I was like, uh, people are going to think it's stupid. Like, I don't, you know, nobody's going to support it. And 
it's just going to fade away. And then around August, you know, I was just like, you know, to hell with it. So I finally put it out there and I got about 10 sales in the first like five minutes um, no after I posted online. At this point, I've moved almost 10,000 total units. Um, and then when I decided to start doing photography, I was like, well, I don't want separate entities, you know, separate websites, so to speak, for what I do. I want people to be able to come to one place and see all the things that I have to offer. And so um, I added photography to my website and uh, everything that I do, I kind of do under that umbrella. And it's weird because when the shirt first came out, you know, there's a lot of pushback from the contrarian people who always got something smart to say, right? And so there's a lot of pushback and I had to kind of deal with that, but everything I do, I, I do under this brand. I'm always wanting to inspire people to think and people to uh, consider stories and everything before they, as they go through their life. So similar to how you said about my photography, I think maybe that comes from a journalism background of wanting, of learning stories. I always want people to look at my photos and develop like a story in their head about the person that they're looking at. And what you said is directly spot on about feeling like they know the person, even though they don't actually know the person. I think that definitely falls back on like your journalism nature, just always wanting that story or wanting mm -hmm. to talk about it. So freelancing yourself is entrepreneurial. And I think it's awesome that you have kind of two lenses. You know how to market yourself, you know how to market a brand. And that's a lot of what people who want to do commercial work need to find. They kind of need to find that bridge in between the two. So you have like a unique advantage in that sense. Mm -hmm. What are the biggest differences in marketing yourself and your skill set versus marketing a brand? Actually, I don't think there's that, that big of a difference, right? Like the, the world that we live in now, people are brands. People are synonymous with the, the brands that they put out in the world. If you think about like a, a Beyonce, right? You don't necessarily think about Beyonce, her apparel, Beyonce, the singer, Beyonce, the actress, Beyonce, the apparel designer. It is all Beyonce, right? All of those things tie into one another for me. Reggie Cunningham, Kid Noble, Pure Black, all of that is is one thing that is all me. And it is everything I do in one arena reflects upon the other other areas. If I'm on Twitter under, you know, Kid Noble and I post something that is egregiously bad, right? <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I don't know if I posted something that said, uh, I hate white people or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know, right? That reflects bad on the people who are potentially may hire me for photography. That reflects bad on those other areas. So um, whenever I'm thinking about one, I'm thinking about all of them at the same time. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. And I think it is different as well because, I mean, this is your livelihood. Like all three avenues are your livelihood. They are what make up you. So you're, yeah. you're constantly living through all of them simultaneously, no matter which one you're focusing on at the time. So your photography work has been featured in like the Washington <laughs> Post, like Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Cosmo, Ebony, um, British Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> so congrats on all of Thank that. You. Thank you. I appreciate so, it. At what point in your career did you think, hey, like I'm getting some decent recognition? Like, was it getting published in these types of media outlets or were, was it some other instance in your life? I don't know that I have ever fully felt it. I think something you see often in, in the photography community with major guys doing major things is uh, imposter syndrome, right? <laughs> 
And because you're, you're surrounded by so many other photographers who are doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we talked about comparison. Sometimes you can't help but compare, right? Like I had a friend who recently got a billboard in uh, Times Square. And it was right around the time that British Vogue cover came out, right? So I, I, I now, you know, British Vogue was announced and everything. And maybe the day later, I saw his uh, billboard went up. Um, and I was like, man, like, I ain't got no billboard. You know? <laughs> I've never had a billboard, man. Like, I got work to do, you know? And I said to him, I was like, man, that's gold. He was like, dude, you're not, you, you have a photo on the cover of British Vogue. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. That is goals, you know? For me, like, I, I've never had, like, a holy grail like this is the epitome when I know I have reached it. I have little goals, right? Like right now, one of my goals is to have a billboard. (laughs) Maybe when people see my name and just know and want to hire me, yeah. Um, I think that's when I'll fully like be like, okay, cool. Like I made it, you know, I'm good. I think there's been some things along the way that have kind of been big affirmations. Obviously British Vogue and them, um, I've had certain celebrities reach out to me for photos. Like things like that are always really great. Uh, I shot uh, AOC at at an event uh, over MLK Day and posted the picture and she like reposted it and followed me and, you know, and so when I see those types of things, those are big points of affirmation for me that let me know, okay, keep going. But it's not the, I haven't reached the top of the mountain yet. Yeah, so I think that there's probably a lot of creatives, especially ones who are just starting out in their careers, who may believe that, you know, I'm not successful until I've got that international recognition, Mm -hmm. until I've been featured in that really well-respected brands publication, you know, or until I've gotten this client that I've always wanted. They compare themselves to people who have already accomplished things like that. So Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone, you've said you've had little affirmations along the way that have helped you be like, okay, I'm on the right track. If you hadn't had those yet, like right when you were starting out and you had not experienced affirmations like that, what kept you going? I think what kept me going is I actually genuinely love what I do. That is what in any job will keep you going even on the roughest days. Someone hired me to come down to Florida to shoot photos and portraits of people who uh, who were formerly incarcerated when they were fighting to pass Amendment 4 to get the vote back for, for uh, former incarcerated peoples. And this was right when TSA made you start taking your anything bigger than a cell phone that was electronic out of your bag. So I wasn't used to having to take my camera out of my bag yet. Took the camera out of my bag going through security and left it there. And didn't know this until the next day when I get on location, I'm in Miami, I go in my camera bag, I pull out my tripod, I pull out my extra lens, my flash, all of the stuff. And I'm like, there's no camera here. And so at this point, like, I don't know where the camera is. I'm thinking like, did someone go in my room and take it? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't know. And so I, what I, I did was I pulled out my iPhone 10 at the time, switched on portrait mode. <laughs> and, you know, it was hashtag shot on iPhone that day, you know. <laughs> um, and then the next day, I actually borrowed a friend of mine's camera who lives in, in Florida, uh, was taking pictures with those. And the people who had hired me uh, to come down and do that looked at those and they looked at the ones from my phone and were like, well, hey, these ones from your phone were pretty good. Why don't you take some more of those? And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. And so, and Amendment 4 ended up passing. So I like to think that I, you know, my, me and my phone and my just passion for doing what I do helped Amendment 4 pass in Florida. You know, you know, <laughs> you never know. And I did that because I genuinely like 
I love taking pictures. It's what I really gen- like, honestly love to do. Um, and that's, that is what keeps you going, right? Because things aren't going to pop right away. You're going to have to grind and, and all of this. But uh, if the love is there, that's, you know, that's what kept Kobe shooting in the gym after the game was over to, to get better. So yeah, that's a good point. I want to bring up one last thing before. Sure. We- so in 2017, you started kind of your own type of movement. It was called um, Black Women Save. Mm-hmm. And it's a really inspiring gallery of work. I spent a long time looking at it on your <laughs> website. Um, but I want to know kind of where this idea came from and yeah. also, you know, what you learned from the progression of, you know, your photography. February of, you know, this particular year, I think it may have been 2015. You know, it's Black History Month. People are celebrating historical Black figures and all this. And then March rolls around and it's Women's History Month. And I noticed that so, so often in Women's History Month, we don't hear about Black women in Women's History Month. It's like, okay, Black History Month is over. Let's talk about other women. And so I wanted to do something that month to celebrate Black women specifically. And uh, I came up with this idea where every day I would post on Twitter information about a Black woman in history who wasn't like the super well-known ones, right? So I didn't do Rosa Parks and Harriet Tubman and Michelle Obama and people like that. Um, I did some more nondescript people like Althea Gibson. And it really just took off. Like people were really looking forward to every day reading about these Black women in history. And so when I came upon Black Women Save, the reason I, I really wanted to do a photography aspect of it was when I started doing photography full time. And so I wanted to incorporate that into it. Um, but my idea was to learn stories about women who had had huge, Black women who had had huge impacts on people's lives. Um, for myself, you know, I was raised by a black woman and for a long time it was just me and her. And so I am here because of her. Uh, I am a photographer because of her, right? And I'm so many things because of this black woman who had such a big impact on my life. That tends to be the case for most people because black women are out here saving the world when the world doesn't offer them nearly uh, the, the compensation for doing so that it should. Um, and so I really wanted to highlight some of those, again, Black women that nobody ever knows about or hears about or anything in people's lives who really had saved their lives. And so I put the call out on Twitter that this is what I was doing. And even every person who came, I would take pictures and then record or have them submit uh, paragraphs, you know, that would describe how this person had impacted their life so much and would post three photos a day um, along with the person's story. And each, each tweet would have one of the photos that I would have taken of that person. And folks really kind of rocked with it. It got coverage in Huffington Post and I, I think Essence and a couple other places. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool project. And, and uplifting Black women is something I always seek to do. Learning from that, I, I, you know, I, I continue to learn about and from Black women every day of my life. I think the thing that I've been learning is that there is so much for me to unlearn. Um, with respect to how, as a man, I look at women and especially Black women and how the, the things that they experience in the world are so different from how I experience them. Um, and so learning to not react in the patriarchal way that I've been socialized, but to show empathy and think about the ways that my actions impact uh, all of the Black women in my life has been what I've been continuing to learn and, and, and unlearn with that journey. Yeah, that gallery of work is amazing. And that's a great spot to end. This has been such a good conversation. I'm like 
genuinely surprised we didn't go over time because <laughs> and I actually got through all of my questions because I was like, I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you so much for joining. Um, I really appreciate it. I think you gave some really awesome insight into photography and um, so thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, again, it's been awesome talking to you. Can I call you Reggie? You can, please call me Reggie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome talking to you guys. Check out his work. It's, it's really awesome. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>